Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slavery. People there were just totally different. We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. Since the Roman legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 A.D., the Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, well, no, Randy, we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Anton Scott, youth pastor at Catalyst Church in Ipswich. Uh, he has uh, got a great testimony of what God's been doing in his life. Let's go back to the beginning. Welcome to the program, Anton. Tell us a bit about uh, where you were born and raised. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Yeah, I was uh, actually born in New Zealand. And uh, we came over in 88, so I was only three years old, and we moved to uh, Ipswich, Tivoli, and uh, sort of grew up there for, um, for a few years. So, but I've, I've moved around, I've lived in lots of different places uh, over the time, but, but mainly just Queensland and Ipswich, yeah. Okay, and did you have a religious upbringing at all? Um, look, my mum was a was born again Christian. She got filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues when she was eighteen. But my um, my upbringing wasn't one of a Christian upbringing. I didn't go to church. My mum had sort of drifted away from church. There was a period of time where my dad was involved with the Mormon Church, and we used to go there for a little bit, um, but not not really a religious upbringing. I know one thing: my mum used to pray over us every night uh, in tongues, and I remember that. But no, our, our house wasn't a, uh, a Christian home. It was a pretty messy time, actually, uh, growing up as a young fella. Today we're speaking with Anton Scott, youth pastor at Catalyst Church in Ipswich. And I know that you had uh, a pretty powerful conversion experience at the age of 22. Tell us what led up to that and, and how it changed your life. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so as I said, like my my childhood was uh, pretty uh, uh, messy. I, I guess my parents divorced. I went through a divorce from grade one to grade four. Uh, they were in and out of court. I was back and forward between different, uh, you know, uh, living with mum, living with dad, and so my my childhood was sort of disrupted in that way, and that had a pretty big impact on my um, schooling and my education. I really struggled and rebelled, and by the time I was in um, Grade eight, I was, you know, smoking weed, drinking, uh, getting drunk. I ended up moving to the Gold Coast um, and going to. I went to about five primary schools, four high schools, and when I was about fifteen, grade grade ten, I dropped out of high school, and um, I was involved in all sorts of uh, mischief, you know. And, and I progressed from just smoking weed and drinking to to heavier, harder drugs. Um, I was always, you know, getting arrested for drunken disorderly. Look, there were some times where I woke up, uh, you know, on the street, not knowing where I'd been, what I'd done, just literally waking up in the gutters in fistfights. I'd been, you know, robbed at gunpoint, had knives held on me. It was it was kind of like a pretty dark time. I, I ended up going to jail. I uh, got one month, um, four months suspended after one. And um, when I got out, I was, I was 21, so it was my 21st in jail at Christmas time. And I got out. And I was on a um, two-year probation, and um, I, I breached my probation just for not attending something. 
went back to court um, and they gave me a thousand dollar fine. My probation was lifted. My suspended sentence was lifted. It was actually really amazing. But what that did was allow me to then um, come back to Ipswich. So my, I hadn't seen my mum for a few years. She invited me back to Ipswich and I um, came to live with her. And, and look, I was just, I was searching, you know, I've been living my life just a mess in all sorts of things, you know. And I was really searching. I knew that there was something more to this world. I knew that there was something supernatural. I'd had some experiences that weren't very pleasant. So I was open to the supernatural. And I was really searching, as I said, you know. And um, I was looking. I came across this book, actually. It was a seven-day Adventist book. And it started talking about people in the Bible. And I started asking my mum, you know, who, who is this person? And, you know, she knew all these stories and these characters. And uh, in the end, what happened was she she gave me her old old King James Bible, and um, she said to me one night, I remember it so vividly. She said, Anton, if you want to know the truth about God, just ask Him. Mm. And I remember going into my room one night, and I just laying in my bed, and I just said in my mind, you know, God, if you're real, I want to know the truth. And I never forget, I felt the shiver run down my spine, and over the next few weeks, things just started to to change. Like I would ask questions, or I'd be having these thoughts. And then the answer would come or the opportunity would come and, and things like I'd be up at night and, you know, I was coming off drugs and that sort of thing and I'd be up late and I'd watch like a, a world vision ad and, and I would get emotional like mm-hmm. I'd never been before, you know, and I was thinking, what's going on? And then I remember um, saying to my mum, like, you know, I should probably check out a church. Like I was thinking, if I want to find out about Christians, I should probably go to where they hang out. And I just had this thought, oh, I should probably check out a church. And then the next day, a friend of mum's came over and she said, oh, I've just seen this church uh, advertised down the road. And so I ended up going, and it was actually Catalyst Church where, um, where I'm at now. And, and I went along, and it totally blew my um, you know, preconceived ideas of what church. I just believed like what I saw on TV, white collars, old pews and wooden, you know, uh, lectern and all that sort of thing. But I, when I went there, it was like a... Uh, um, a panel of young people, and they were talking about sex of all things. So I was like, what? They're talking about sex in church? <laughs> and um, <laughs> then the next time I went, they had creation ministries. And, you know, that piqued my interest. I was thinking, oh, okay, maybe there's a bit more substance to this than what I've actually thought. And so I, that j- began the journey of actually going to church um, and, and ex- you know, exploring faith. And I had people come alongside me and speak into my life. But i got to tell you, Matt, there was... Still, there's doubt in my mind. I I still wondered, like, if God was real, you know? I sort of felt like, is this just social change? Is this just, I've removed myself from a a, a dark environment, you know, drugs and and partying. I've removed myself, and now I'm hanging out with these kind of nice, good people, you know? And is, is that what this is, just social change? So I had that question, God, are you real? And, you know, after a while, I had made a faith decision, and I even got water baptized, but that, that, that sort of doubt was still there. And for me, what happened was I'd heard about the Holy Spirit and um, I'd heard about this gift of speaking in tongues. And, and this was a life-changing moment for me. A month to the day that I was water baptized, I had been praying and, and, and asking for, for the Holy Spirit and I'd had uh, s- some things happening. And um, ultimately, I just felt compelled one Sunday to go down the front and ask for prayer. And I had all the elders come around me and pray. And, and look, I come from a context where I've never experienced anything like that before in my life, you know. So it was all weird and new to me. And, and they were just praying, Lord, fill them with your Holy Spirit. And at the end of that, I didn't feel anything. I just felt a bit awkward. I thought, wow, this is just a bit strange. And I went home, though, and that night, 
a month to the day of my water baptism, I just felt compelled again to get on my knees. I'd never done that. So I got on my knees and, um, and I just didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to pray. And all I could like recall was what they said over me that, that day, Lord, fill them with your Holy Spirit. So I just said that three times out loud, Lord, fill them with your Holy Spirit, fill them with your Holy Spirit, fill them with your Holy Spirit. And on the third time, it was just like, oof, this just explosion of like heat and warmth just rushed through my body. And it was like, I just began to shake and I, I began to speak in this other language and it got louder and louder and, and I was like shaking. And then it sort of, when I stopped, I sort of, tried to get up and my legs were like jelly and I was shaking. I tried to walk to my door and when I opened my bedroom door, it was so loud that my mum had heard from the other room and she's like, you got it, didn't you? You got it. And I was like, ah! and I just cried. and I just cried for probably about an hour because in that moment, it became real. In that moment, everything I read in that book, everything that those people were telling me, it was real. It was so real. It happened to me the way that it happened in that book. And, um, you know, that, that was really one of the, the, the big turning points in my life was when I experienced um, the Holy Spirit in that way, yeah. I know you ended up being in youth ministry. What was the transition from then to getting into ministry? Yeah, so it was a bit of a journey. Uh, you know, I, I never had to go to a 12-step program or anything like that. Um, God sort of just removed that stuff from my life. And um, and I, I just kept journeying at church and had people come alongside me. And then I had a guy um, take me under his wing, sort of, and mentor me for a while. And um, and then he went to, to plant a church. And so uh, I, I went with him. And um, uh, we planted a, a church out at uh, Red Bank for, for a while. And I just served alongside him in lots of different areas. And um, that was kind of the, pro- the progression into ministry. It was fairly quickly. I was probably only um, a new Christian for two years before I went and was involved in the church plant. I served there uh, for four years in, in yeah, all the, the different areas of, um, of church planting and, um, and the youth and, and just set up. You know, when you're in a small church... Uh, it takes, uh, um, you know, there's a lot of things that need to happen and a few hands to do it. So you're sort of involved in everything. And um, that was kind of how I ended up into ministry. And then we felt like God said to us, uh, I met my wife while I was there. We got married and uh, we, we had some had some kids. And then we felt like God was saying it's time to move on from there. And we went looking uh, for some other churches. And ultimately, God actually um, led us back to Catalyst Church and we, uh, we we just came there for a year before we started getting involved, and then I so I got back um, involved back with uh, the youth ministry and the, and the youth pastor at the time, Pastor Tim, who had been just sort of like a, a good friend and mentor over the years, even while I was at Crossroads. He just kept speaking into my life, and um, then the opportunity came up, and um, you know he he sort of mentored me and, and asked me if I'd be keen to step into that role, and and I did. I stepped into that role, and um, and I've been serving there now for uh, two, two and a half years in that role. And, you know, a lot of people think youth ministry is just, you know, board games or sports nights <laughs> or, you know, social <laughs> gatherings. Yep. But, but you guys are very passionate about sharing God's Word and worship. You know, tell us a bit about the focus for your youth ministry. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, you know, I read an exceptional book a little while ago uh, called 
the glue by Mike Stevens. And, um, you know, that sort of really reshaped the way that I looked at youth ministry. You know, youth ministry, you know, relationship is the glue. And, um, you know, it's got to be more than just a fun time. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that kids can do to get to have fun these days. But, you know, what's really lacking is, um, is significant adult mentors or, or leaders in their life to be able to speak into them. So, you know, we sort of, we, we love um, to do small group and connect group. Um, so that's, that's a focus of ours is relationship, um, connecting with our young people outside of youth as well um, and following them up, but maybe going visiting them at a sports event or something like that. Yeah, just really invest, investing into their lives. And yet worship, you know, we love worship. We love um, to create space and opportunity for young people to encounter God. You know, like for me, that's how I, I really came to, to faith was through this experience, this encounter. So that's one of our values that we create space where kids can encounter God, uh, where they can build relationship with each other and with God, and also where they can um, invite friends along to be a part of that, you know. Um, so we sort of, you know, focus on our up relationship with God, in with each other and out to our friends and to those in the community. And that's sort of uh, the, the basis of what we do. That's so good, mate. And I know that you've been getting equipped in the Eli training session through uh, Acts 2 Alliance, uh, the denomination uh, yep. you're a part of. Uh, tell us what the Eli program is, Emerging Leaders Initiative. Tell us about it. Yeah, Emerging Leaders Initiative. Yeah, look, it's a fantastic program where, you know, just as I was saying before, it's it's about investment. It's about investing uh, into people and, and, and sowing into their lives and helping them to discover their gifts and their talents. And, and it's just been an incredible experience, you know. Um, we've, some of the things we've done have been amazing. Visits to Canberra and sitting down with politicians of faith and, and, you know, asking them questions and going to the war memorial just to get a, to get a bit of a broader view, a world view, you know. Sometimes we can just be, uh, sort of sit in our own pond sort of thing and, um, and it can sort of limit our experiences or our understandings and the Eli program brings together a bunch of different resources, different materials and helps us to just broaden, broaden our perspective and understanding of, of God, his larger church, the, you know, around the world and the way that, um, that people think. And so it's been awesome, uh, an awesome experience and, and a great investment into, into the future. You know, I think, you know, your greatest investment will be uh, not what you build, but who you build. And so that's what Eli is about. But it's more than just a program. It, it actually creates these, these uh, spaces for um, experience. So it's this, we, we're immersed into an experience together and we get to question things together. We get to um, question each other and, and ask questions of exceptional leaders. So it's not just uh, a talking head. But it's this experience and this just development of your worldview and your appreciation for, for what God's doing around the world. That's wonderful. And if people want to find out more about the Eli program, they can go to a2a.org.au, uh, search up the uh, Eli program on the website there. And I know there's a bunch of young people that are getting trained up and equipped. And I know the A2A movement's very passionate about church planting. Uh, mm. So uh, let's uh, pray that many lives will be impacted through this uh, this wonderful ministry. Now, mate, before we go, you, you shared your testimony earlier of uh, coming to Christ. Uh, there might be people listening that have never heard the gospel. Do you want to share with our listeners what is the good news and how do people respond to it? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, you know, the good news is that Jesus came. He lived a perfect life. He died on the cross. He rose again 
defeating sin and death. And, you know, sin is just simply falling short of God's perfect standard. He's got a standard, and um, and we miss it, and every single one of us is guilty of it. We live in brokenness. We experience brokenness. It's so easy to see brokenness, you know, war and, and, and um, families breaking down and all, all this sort of thing. You know, we... We know that there's something missing. We know that there's something broken. We know that there's something wrong. And, and the solution to that is, is repentance. We just ask for forgiveness for, for missing that mark. And we ask for forgiveness. Um, we ask Jesus to come into our life and to make us whole. And, and he does it. It's really, it is so simple, you know. We just acknowledge God. We acknowledge our need for a saviour. We ask for forgiveness. We invite him in, and he comes and he makes a home in us. And he fills us with his Holy Spirit, and then you know what? He empowers us to actually go out and share that same good news with others. You know, and that's that's the really exciting thing. It's not you know, faith in God is not just a ticket to heaven, but it's actually an invitation to bring heaven to earth, and we get to be a part of that. And so, if there's anyone out there who doesn't know Jesus, I would encourage you to make that decision today. It's as simple as just acknowledging your need for a Savior, receiving Him, accepting His finished work on the cross, and being empowered by His Spirit to live life to the full, because that's what He offers. That's great news, mate, and I know that you don't just talk the talk, you walk the walk. You've had your life transformed, and you're passionate about sharing the gospel with others. And if there's people that do want to respond and get their life right with God, uh, you can send us an email. Uh, just go to info at historymakersradio.com. Send us an email, and uh, we can send you a Bible from the Bible League and information about following Jesus. And uh, you'll find all the links at historymakers.tv. We'd love to hear from you if you want to respond to that today. Well, Anton, it's been so good to hear your story today, mate. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. No worries, man. I appreciate it. Thanks very much for having me. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we appreciate all of your support. The vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus all over the world. If you've got a suggestion of someone we can interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.